Do you like Transformers? Check out the Transmissions Podcast at transmissionspodcast.com, a twice-weekly show that covers everything from the toys of the 1980s and today to those god-awful live-action movies. The main Transmissions show talks about the latest toy news and releases. Did you know there's a whole market of unofficial Transformers toys that pay homage to classic characters and figures? I didn't. Transmissions has you covered on all the official Hasbro and those unofficial third-party figures. It's a little-known fact that Transformers comics have been getting critical acclaim in the past few years, and Transmissions Alt Mode reviews all the latest Transformers books from IDW and occasionally looks back at the classic Marvel and Dreamwave books, too. Of course, there's also talk about Transformers and other media like TV shows, web releases, and yes, even the Bay movies. If these shows sound like fun, check them out at transmissionspodcast.com or find their shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and also check out their Discord server to talk with the hosts and other listeners. You will find everything at transmissionspodcast.com. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to the l Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel, everybody. Yeah, today we're going to talk about villains turned heroes. And before we start, I just want to say uh, thanks a lot for uh, coming out here, everybody. And of course, thank you especially to those amazing members of the population who are on our Patreon and of course elsewhere who have helped us and supported us to the point where we are now in a studio. I am in the studio right now, even though it looks like I'm in a prison. Uh, I, I, I brought over Harbinger here to splash things up a bit. Uh, nice. Otherwise, it would just be a stark uh, gray door. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would look like you've been officially institutionalized. It's like, where is he get, doing this show from? Exactly, exactly. So now I've got uh, I got Harbinger's crotch over my shoulder, and I've got the door ajar to make it look like I'm, I'm free to go whenever I want. <laughs> uh, but more importantly... Uh, it's also so that I don't... I, I forgot to bring the, like, hard uh, Ethernet cable. So, mm-hmm. uh, and because I don't like to do live streams on Wi-Fi, but because there's nothing on the Wi-Fi except this right now, I'm a little bit... Uh, I'm okay with it, but I'm still leaving the door open in case I, you know, block the signal. You don't want to block the magical internet rays that fly from room to room, invisible to our eyes. I had Ethan uh, check the the internet for us and check like the signals and stuff because he used to be one of those guys. And oh no like, shit! Yeah, and he was like, yeah, like the more things that you add, the more uh, terrible the internet will or the internet will be for you. And I'm Interesting. Like, oh, cool. So <laughs> I have uh... to look forward to. I, uh, it's funny, uh, I have a couple things hooked up right now that I could probably unplug. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention... Oh, I'm using a different camera today. I'm using the actual camera that we normally use. Uh, nice. when, we, when we're shooting, like, everything. So, I'm just trying that out, too. This is also... This is actually a dry run for me to do, like, a live show on the channel. I was going to say, your picture quality looks so nice now. My admittedly nice 1080p webcam looks shitty in comparison now to yours, and so I'm going to have to upgrade. I will say, your camera looked really good. Your camera actually looks way better uh, than, than normal, so I'm happy to say uh, it looks like everybody's upgrading now. It's because I have three-point lighting. I actually have three lights in the room actually lighting me for you're, a change. You're well-balanced. I didn't use any lighting. Actually, I was thinking about that when I was coming over here. I'm like, oh, I'll set up the lights and make it really nice. And then I just, I was so wrapped up in actually getting the damn thing to work that I didn't even bother. I didn't even white balance, but it looks like it's doing okay, so. That's good. Uh, pardon me. But yeah, somebody said I needed to decorate, and I was like, we're, we're, we're literally on the low end. I'm sitting in an area you don't normally sit down in, in the studio, um, in the podcasting room. So like, it looks like I'm going to have to lower all of the, <laughs> all of the photos and images that we have here. Yep. Yeah. Damn it. 
no one ever thinks of that when they're decorating. It's like, ah, oh, crap, but my camera's only like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this is one of Joel's topics. Uh, not, by the way, that I'm trying to distance myself from <laughs> what uh, what Joel thought of. but uh, It's Joel's topic, and if it sucks, you can all blame him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but Joel came up with this topic. I really dig it. So we're going to talk about villains turned heroes. By the way, getting R two with the lobster says upgrade. Insert idiocracy quote here. Hey, nice. I mean I I can't I can't take all the credit for this topic. You and Jason did a topic on heroes becoming villains. So I just kind of flipped that and then took credit for it. Yeah, good idea. I thought so. So yeah, uh, we're going to talk about villains turned heroes. Uh, this is just one of our usual lists. What uh, what we uh, you know some of our favorites slash some of the most notable. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you got any thoughts on your uh, on your end? Because I got a couple uh, on my, on, on, off the top of my head that I really want to like. I'm looking forward to talking about because like, let me tell you something. Um, I'm really really digging on irredeemable Iron or uh, is it irredeemable Iron Man? It's infamous. Infamous Iron Man. Jesus. All these IR or oh, I know right. titles struck me crazy, but uh, well, I mean, you read my mind because that's exactly where I wanted oh, to nice. start. Because I think fig- because I figured that's the most prominent one that's happening currently. Yeah, yeah, it's so. Let me tell you something. It's great, and having been really surprised by uh, the, I mean, like Doctor Doom was the main villain of Secret War. Mm-hmm. And then right out of the gate, they're like, Bendis is like, yeah, and I'll keep doing Iron... Like, I thought we were going to see no Doctor Doom for a long time, especially given the fact that, uh, you know, there seems to be like a weird kind of embargo on the Fantastic Four. Yeah. But no. No. he's uh, Bendis is doing some really cool stuff with him. And, if anything, uh, he's more prominent than he's been for a long time. He's actually headlining a book. Agreed. Yeah, this is a Doctor Doom book, and it's actually consistently coming out. No delays. Uh, no weird, you know, mini series. It's just a series. I, I, no, I love... are they ending the series? Do we know? Uh, yes, they're going to be ending this one. I think it was only ever meant to be like a maxi, and then they're going to be folding the Doctor Doom stuff into the Invincible Iron Man stuff, and probably going to be bringing Tony back soon, is what they were implying. The first arc basically says, you know, the 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 search for Tony, the search for OG Iron Man. So you know, they got they got to find his Katra and whatever. What a mistake. <laughs> I know, it's just like, you know, you spent all this time building Riri and Doom, and so now you're just going to bring Tony back, which obviously he was going to come back. Everyone who goes away comes back. But, you know, maybe maybe give it a couple of years or so. Well, that's the thing. They said that he was going to come back. Like, I think immediately they were like, yeah, he's in a coma. I mean, like, the fact that he was in, like, a healing coma a la Superman yeah. was just enough for everybody to go, oh, okay, well, that's... That doesn't matter. Which, which I hate they've never quite explained where it's like, okay, so clearly some people know he's in a coma. Yeah. Does the entire superhero community know that, or only like people who are on Carol Danvers' team seem to know that? It's a good question. I have no idea. Because you would because <laughs> like the oath made it look like they were holding him somewhere in a shield facility, and like you would think if Pepper or if anyone else knew about that, they'd want to like mount a rescue to get his body back. Right. Well, I don't know. Because is he is he a prisoner? <laughs> I be I mean they had a civil war. I mean, he didn't hurt anybody that I think, but I mean, well, well, actually, no, they, they did attack the shield building, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. That was the only time there was a civil war. The only time they really fought. Yeah. Was when they, uh, was when they all fought on the, well, at, uh, at the Triskillian. 
Yeah. Which, by the way, like, not to be all over the place, but, like, when did the Triskelion get moved over here to the from the Ultimate Universe? It just did. God damn it. By the way, Mr. Giggles from the Super Chat. Hey, guys, RIP Coke Zero. I hope Zero Sugar is okay. I agree. Yeah, I, I can't believe that after you being the biggest Coke Zero fan that I know of. You even got the merch and the hat and everything, and now they're... Thanks to get you. on you. I, I you know, yeah. and now I understand why they ha they they were so dismissive about doing a um a sponsorship with us. That has to be the reason because they knew the wheels were already in motion that they had to change Coke Zero. Exactly. They're like, we can't, <laughs> we can't do that. We can't, we can't start new partnership deals. It's over. It's done. Yeah. You, you know, I I feel glad knowing you have all that Coke Zero merch because that's going to only appreciate in value now. It's going to be like people who bought all those XFL jerseys. Yes, as in as, as nerds, we definitely view things through the filter of like collectability and and value later on, uh, justifying our hoarder or our hoarding nature. Absolutely. I, I don't even like football or sports, but several times I've been on eBay with my finger just dancing over like an XFL jersey. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, man, just to say that I have this thing from this discontinued, defunct embarrassment of a sports league. Yeah, yeah. Um, really quick, getting back on track, Conrad reminded me because uh, he asked, like, has Magneto ever been a super a superhero? Has he ever changed sides? Oh boy, has he! I think he's he's gone back and forth, arguably more than just about anyone. I was I, I was debating as to whether or not to use him on the cover, but I thought that the Lex Luthor shift was so like jarring and like surprising and cool and so well received that I was like, that's that's gonna take the distinction of number one. But that being said, Definitely. Magneto, man, Magneto's been like switching sides ever since the begin, like not the beginning. Mm -hmm. The beginning, he was like a silly mustached uh, twirling villain, but uh, yeah, but like up until like the maybe the seventies or the eighties. They made him a good guy? Yeah, I, I I would say he's actually run the gambit of, like, every uh, karma alignment. He's been a villain. He's been an anti-hero. He's been an anti-villain. Yeah, that's true. And he really lends himself to that to that role. I mean, like, when to, so much to the point where when you introduced him in the X-Men movie in 2000, He's a good guy. Like he's he's practically he's very sympathetic. I don't want to say he's a good guy because he obviously is a bad guy, uh, yeah. or at least he's painted as such. But he's really sympathetic, and you're kind of like, oh, like his his pursuits aren't really all that hard to understand or argue. I want to make them like us. Yeah. It might kill them, but you know that that whole thing sucked. But <laughs> just just his his approach was 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 extreme. But like the his reasons, his rationale. We're pretty, yeah. uh, we're pretty solid. Um, I mean, it's they okay. So like, I remember when they made him a good guy, kind of, and it wasn't really much like with, with mind control. It was just kind of like he's like, maybe I'll try this, and he wore that awful costume, which got a little oh, bit of yes. acknowledgement in our last episode. And <laughs> the big ugly M with like a big cape. Well, he's like he had the cape. He's like, I gotta go full superhero, put a big M on my chest, and ditch the but helmet. It's what you, it's what you do, right? Yeah, you gotta put a logo that usually has a letter that's on your chest. Um, and then in uh, Onslaught, or rather before Onslaught, uh, around, uh, what's it called, Fatal, Fatal Attractions, Professor X wipes his mind, and, he, well, he's all he's really powerful, and he's got, uh, you know, he's, he's got a clean slate, let's make him an X-Man. 
Yeah, why not? And he's arguably kind of an X-Men now in blue. He's mentoring the young team from afar. I haven't really been keeping up with blue, but that's what Tiff told me. Yes, I hear. I, I'm not reading blue either because I'm not reading any X-Men books for a while. But like, Neither am I. I Everyone guess, told me. Yeah, oh, good. I was going to say, everyone told me Astonishing was great. I bought the first issue, have not brought myself to read it yet. That's the thing. Uh, I've heard good things about Blue, but I read uh, Gold and Prime, and I was like, meh. So I, I'm, I'm I think that might be why I'm kind of like not jumping into X-Men anytime soon. Plus, it's the fear where it's like they could just wipe this slate again in a year. Well, that's, that is the problem with reading comics in general. It's kind of like, it was actually a big uh, moment for me, I think around one more day, when I realized that, like, it doesn't matter if, like, an artist has, like, a, has a, a vision or a direction or if a story has been, like, building for a couple of years. If editorial goes, no, then then it's over. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's kind of, like... so Oh, so that, like, that threw my whole perception of comics into disarray. I was like, I was like does anything matter anymore? Like... It's all bullshit. <laughs> you were having an existential comic crisis. Exactly. So, like, yeah, I mean, and if you're an X-Men fan, I'm sure you're feeling that shit really hard right now. Oh, I bet. I mean, I haven't read anything since the last reboot of the line, and honestly, I think my channel's better for it because I can concentrate on more niche books. That's a thing, man. Uh, like, X-Men really, sometimes it performs and sometimes it don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I would be really, I'd be frustrated being an X-Men fan right now. Yep, most definitely. But I, I mean, uh, back to Magneto as a yeah. villain turned here. He had that really great Cullen Bunn run where he was basically like mutant Punisher, where he just went around killing all of the enemies of mutant kind, like all the anti-mutant uh, church folks and phobes and everything else. And that was pretty cool. Then he got like a new X-Force-y type team. Where he yes. was still kind of good, but kind of on the outside, and now he's mentoring this team from the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the concept of Magneto leading an X-Men team. Obviously, it has shades of uh, Age of Apocalypse. Yes. When Magneto was a, was a hero, but I don't count it in this list because that was an alternate reality. <laughs> yeah. But we're kind of there. I mean, the idea being Age of Apocalypse is spawned by the assassination of Charles Xavier and Magneto being like, I gotta take up the mantle and kind of like lead these people He's dead. Why did Magneto do that immediately? <laughs> yeah. By the way, Damn Jack the Ingram in the uh, Super Chat says, what fictional company or organization would you want to work for? Sword, Shield, Checkmate, Shade, Cadmus, etc. Oh, man. Probably Sword. Those those all sound incredibly dangerous. Checkmate would definitely be cool because they would give me like a super awesome, super powered partner to be buddies with, and yes. that'd be nice. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough call. Um yeah, oh, apropos uh, Magneto, you know, when Magneto had this whole, like, Acolytes organization, there was another, oh. there was a hero-turned-villain. Uh, that was a good team. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, technically, Gambit, too, is another guy who was on a villainous team before eventually becoming a hero. Yes, Gambit was a bad guy, kind of. Uh I, I always liked that concept because, I mean, he always he looks like a bad guy. He's got red eyes. He really does. He kept many of his villainous trappings. It's true. I think that's why people liked him so much, particularly the ladies of the comic oh, yeah. world. The, the, the ultimate bad boy shit. Uh, bad girl. Rogue was a villain, too. Rogue is, man. And, you know, she's never like she when I first was introduced to Rogue, she was already awesome. She was already the best she'll ever be. And then, like, ever since then, They've just been tweaking her and kind of like, 
regressing that character, making her any like further and further away from where she was, and making her more and more in the trappings of her villainous counterpart. To the yeah. fact that like when Rogue first shows up, she's got that green leotard, right? Yep. Classic. She's never not had it except when she was perfect. <laughs> when when Rogue was just a tragic superhero who had Superman powers. That was all. She's a powerhouse. She can absorb powers. She can't. She's afraid to use them. But her other powers are like Superman of the century. Like that's that's a really cool character and really really fun. And like, why not have one of your most or actually most of your most powerful players be women? Uh, yeah. It, it actually is funny because I was thinking about the X Men recently, where I'm like, it it is so frustrating for Marvel because so many of their strong female characters are on the X-Men. You could make it's true. full X-teams out of the female characters. In fact, they have. Oh, yes, they have. But uh, but I'm just like, man, that must be so frustrating because, like, you could really be, like, pro... Like, if you want to if you want to push, like, an agenda or if you... Or not even an agenda. Throw, throw that shit out the garbage. That, that's mean, a like, stupid word. But if you want to push, like, hey, we've, we've got some really... If you want to counteract the Wonder Woman fever that the world is kind of caught up in right now thanks to this great movie, yeah. then... Why not throw uh, like want to put all on display all of these strong female characters you have? But so many of the American men they're like, but we're trying to fuck it up. Yeah, we're trying to distance ourselves, which is the problem. Yeah. By the way, getting arts with the lobster in the super chat says, mm, "Gambit, nothing says hot like a sweet head sock." That's right. It's true. Oh, do you mean a sock or just cut out the face? <laughs> he wears a fucking head sock. <laughs> uh, also, while we're talking about the X-Men and the mutants, which, Jesus Christ, we basically could have done the whole show just on this. Deadpool started out as a straight-out, like, Deathstroke assassin bad guy. Absolutely. And he's, ha he's had a long journey from, like, comedic joke to just recently actually, you know, finding out he had a daughter and building a surrogate family and becoming an Avenger and being more of a straight-up good guy to where now in Secret Empire – He's kind of going back on all of that now. Yes. Some some bad shit has happened to him. He's betrayed a lot of the people who loved him and were his friends, but he's saying he's doing it for love. And now in Marvel Legacy, he's going back to being the despicable Deadpool. So they've reset his alignment now. Yes, called it, by the way. But yeah, the... Uh, you sure did. I was actually rereading Deadpool's first appearances as in preparation for stuff we're doing. And I was like, man, like, I remember this Deadpool. This is the Deadpool that, like, I'm always, that, like, there's a germ of that character in the back of my head every time I read any Deadpool book. Because I'm like, isn't he a, isn't he a complete dick and kind of elusive and, and, and mysterious? And I'm like, no, he hasn't been that for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, no, he hasn't. But I like that character. I like the, like, the angry, like, sarcastic, like, not even quick-witted, but just, like, no nonsense unless it's his nonsense, Deadpool. Uh, and uh, and yeah, completely. Like, I wouldn't say he was a straight-up villain, but he was perceived as one by any hero. You know, like, right. the X-Men, whenever they dealt with him, they're like, are you a bad... Like, they were kind of confused by him, too, anytime the X-Men interacted the, with him. The, the Punisher very much in the same place as well, where it's like, I don't think we should like you. Punisher is another one. He was a villain when he first appeared. Jerry Conway creates him right. in Spider-Man. He's a bad guy manipulated by the jackal yes and they only by the way like they, they were just like with all of our marvel characters if he's a villain we got to make him tragic and they gave him just too solid a backstory where they're like enough people agree with frank that i think we should probably just give him his own book and they did and the rest is history yeah by the way and I the apologize. punisher too yes and, and who 
I was going to say, and the Punisher too, because of Secret Empire, they seem to be resetting him karmatically and be like, mm, you got a little too superhero. You got a little close to this community. Time to take you back to the crazy loner origin. That's the thing with me, with, with, for me and the Punisher and particularly like bringing, scaling him back when they brought out his kind of like respect for, um, Captain America. Yeah. I never really noticed it until they kind of like put it on display for uh, in Civil War, and I yeah. was like, "What the hell is this?" Like, <laughs> I remember being like, "Why does Cat? Why does Frank care about Captain America?" Because he's the perfect soldier. And uh, like, I, I kind of hope that they get rid of that. Like, I hope I hope that by the time that Secret Empire is over, it really just kind of like goes away because <laughs> it's really <laughs> stupid. See, I always found something kind of endearing about that in the way where it's like, you know, even even like Hitman like Superman. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Hitman and Superman. That was what I always likened that relationship to, where it's like, you know, in a perfect world, I could be more like you, but this isn't a perfect world we live in. Right, exactly. Um. So, yeah, Punisher's a good character that uh, was a villain turned into a hero. I mean, like, I think pretty much he was... He was a villain for like maybe that that arc, like that that one issue story, and then they were Never like, okay, again. let's just use him. Then, then anti-hero all over the place. Hey, here's a funny character who always goes back and forth between hero, villain, and anti-hero. A uh, freaking paladin. Remember paladin? <laughs> I do remember paladin, and I never really got his deal. No one did. That's why I'm always fascinated when he shows up because I want to know his deal. I don't. I. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I do remember Paladin. Did he start out as a villain? I don't even remember, honestly. Yes. Interesting. Started off as like killed Daredevil. Oh, cool. Yeah, then he became like a hero for hire, and he's been on like the Thunderbolts. He's been a bunch of different places. Right, right. Okay. Oh, that's right. I remember him being on the Thunderbolts and being like, Paladin. Way to dig him up. I, I always thought he was perfect filler for a team. If I if I wrote a team, I would totally put him on it. Yeah. Because he's like, hey, I've got a long, interesting history, and I'm always showing up in the background to shit. Yeah. What are going to people ask what old Paladin has to say? <laughs> When's my time? Yeah, I don't think it's ever coming, Paladin. Nah, nah. His last great appearance was in Defenders when they were at the night hospital, and freaking Ben just, just puts him in the background reading a paper. Yeah. Uh, Lost Boy in the super chat mentioned, uh, I don't know if this counts, but the Shade from Starman, originally a Flash villain, but then anti-hero oh. or bored? Yeah, good call, man. Yeah. Good good reach. Grabbing That's a the deep shade. cut. I like that. Yeah, I always like the Shade. I like the Shade's design more than I think I like the character, but I like the idea so that like, he's just bored. <laughs> It's it's a really really good design. Well, didn't he have that moment in oh god what what story was it where he fights uh, he fights Prometheus and his deal is like oh you know you have all the greatest superheroes in your head Prometheus but I'm a villain right oh, that's a nice, that's a good moment. But was that Identity Crisis or was that Cry for Justice? Oh, that was one of those. I, I want to say it was uh, Cry for Justice, but I do remember there being a cool moment of Shade in Identity Crisis, so maybe it might be that one. I remember that sticking in my mind because I remember I didn't like that story as a whole, but I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Good uh, good, good on the shade. Agreed. So, okay, the stream is being really, really crappy. And yeah. I don't know if it's because of the Wi-Fi, the storm outside, the uh, video that we're using, or if it's simply a combination of all three. 
But I think we should probably wrap up with like two or three more and then just kind of call it a night. I'm sorry, we have to make it short, but abide a terrible stream and we'd rather have like the best quality show possible. Like we might as well just resume another day as opposed to just yeah. trying to force a show that isn't going to happen because of technical issues. So, yeah, do do we just want to put like a pin in this, or like you said, two more? I think two more, and then we'll uh, we'll and then we'll definitely do part two, and we'll just call it part one and just move on from there. There you go. But, I mean, we uh, we mentioned Deathstroke, so I mean, obviously, there's another guy. They turned him into a hero just recently. Yeah, Deathstroke is a is he? I keep hearing. Okay, so Deathstroke is a speedster now. Ah, that... uh, not anymore. That was that lasted one storyline. Oh, it's over. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, it was already it was already over, and that wasn't a great story. Damn it! All right, well, fine. In, in fact, in fact, Christopher Priest kind of got a little uh, got a little salty about it on his blog, where he's like, "Look, I didn't even want to call it the Lazarus contract. They made me call it the Lazarus oh, contract." Oh, that sucks. Yeah, a little bit. And then people were really mad at him because he made Damien, who uh, ironic or arguably also kind of started as a bit of a villain, yes. uh, give, give Wally West Flash a pacemaker. And everyone got mad at him for that. And Christopher Priest is like, sorry, I didn't know Damien was a good guy now. <laughs> Dude, first of all, you can save the world at any point if you give it a Excellent moment. And man, wouldn't that have been cool? Like, wouldn't it be cool to see Superman kind of acknowledge that? Where he's just like, it's like, you actually did it. But of course... And Superman's and all it idiot. took was the death of the new 52 Superman to make Lex actually kind of re-examine his life and kind of get his shit in order. Exactly, exactly. But uh, I, I want to say, like, it's kind of weird. Like, it's kind of funny because on one hand, I want Superman to acknowledge Lex Luthor's heroism. But I also want to, like, I don't want Superman to be a rube. <laughs> undo it. that's true and it seems like they're flirting with the idea of making him evil again because yeah. they've set everything else back in the superhero universe it's a it's a shame super lex never got a book to himself he kept showing up and stuff it's a shame he never actually got a book i agree well i thought he was gonna get one or at least like i kind of got the feeling he was gonna get one but they could have easily made it lex luther man of steel or yeah. something to that effect would have read the shit out of that yeah right it would have been a lot like Infamous Iron Man. And I I wonder if there was plans to do a Lex Luthor book and then they heard about Infamous Iron Man and they were like, oh, <laughs> we probably can't do that. We don't want to flood the market. We don't want to have two, two similar ideas. We don't want people to compare them. Like, let's just wait. Although we're comparing them anyway, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, completely. With that in mind, I guess we'll wrap up. What's going on, Joel? What's happening on, uh, with you that we want that you're excited about? Uh, well, I'm excited about getting artsy with a lobster who said off for a week uh, might take five uh, the trip to the stash for some books. Oh, yeah, nice job getting artsy with a lobster. You should definitely, if you are going to the stash, if you're going to Red Bank, go to the stash and go to Yestercades, which is across the street, a little bit further down the block. That whole town is just really fun. There's a nice consignment store. There's a Jack's Music Shop, terrific place for music. They also have comics in the back. Uh, there's the sash. Yestercades, as I said, it's uh, for, it's a like kind of like pay as you play arcade, where you just go in, you get a wristband, you play all the arcades for an hour, and you pay on an hourly rate. Um, and that's great. That's uh, not bad. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what else is in there? Well, and you can go to Crazies in Rumson. So it gets oh, shit. 
Uh, hey, 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 hey I'll, I'll be coming to the States uh, in October. We, we, we might have to film a video at Crazies just to show people what it's all about. Right? It's true. Uh, shit, that's right. Uh, good news on Joel's behalf. Uh, you are definitely going to be going to New York Comic Con this year. Yes, I was on pins and needles waiting to hear back from them, but I finally heard back from them yesterday. So all, all the American Cape Joel fans, all the Elseworlds Exchange and the poll and all the other shit I'm on, you can come see me. You can get the gift of Joel. Yeah, and uh, you're going to be all over the place. It's going to be great. And you'll see Joel probably in the studio here and uh, on some shows. Yay. I can get the tour. Yeah, and uh, we're working on uh, we're working on making some really cool shit happen for New York Comic Con, so I hope you guys come and check us out there. But uh, with that in mind, we guess we'll wrap up here. I just was uh, informed that apparently a couple of the Generations books came out. And I don't yeah, know. Uh, Hulk was today. Hulk came out. Okay, I'm not going to buy it because I don't give a shit about the Hulk. So, uh, well, see, it's funny. Uh, Hulk has always been my favorite Avenger, but I was always kind of indifferent to Amadeus Cho. Not because of anything Amadeus Cho did. I just thought his Hulk book was so radically different from what the regular Banner or even She-Hulk Hulk books were like. It's true. I liked She-Hulk because it was so different, but I also just don't like redundant characters. I know you don't. That's a big issue for you. It is. I just, I'm like, just, how about you just, if you really, really, really are strapped for ideas for your characters, give it to somebody else. And, and again, like, I understand what they were trying to do with it, and I can respect the idea where it's like, look, you know, uh, Banner is this genius man who, you know, gives into this monstrous rage that turns him into a beast. Some of the time, sometimes they're one and the same. It's quite different. With Amadeus Cho, it's like, hey, let's take a smart kid who's got his shit together, but when he turns into the Hulk, he kind of turns into a Jersey Shore D-bag. Woof. That sounds fun. <laughs> Actually, I've seen him in. A, I was reading. A, I was reading um, Champions for a while, and he was in that. So I got an idea of what what kind of character he was. I like him better in Champions. Is the funny thing, mm. which is interesting to know that I like him better. Champions. I like most of the people in Champions. I'm just kind of. They're like, all really oh. enjoyable. Yeah. Um, Even if I don't read their own books, they're all really enjoyable. Right, I agree. But uh, yeah, so check us out at New York Comic Con. We're definitely going to be there all four days, and we'll work out a. Uh, a schedule for like meet and greets it's august we got like three months before that happens so. i know right so don't worry about that we'll get into it later we'll do a whole new york comic-con like prep episode when that happens oh there you go that'll be cool but we, uh, we should do that that could be an elseworlds exchange episode the con prep episode exactly it's just like here we go we're gonna do new york comic-con it's gonna be great um <laughs> so, so i'm packing socks i need lots of socks because i go through them what <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the show oh that's, that's gonna the show be riveting to- just, just me packing shits like so i got my captain america socks because it's a comic-con and i want those there yeah oh that'll intrigue him all right i guess we'll wrap up here thanks a lot for hanging out with us everybody and of course stay tuned in the next uh i'm gonna say hour or so probably a little earlier than usual for the new back issues which is the first episode of back issue shot on the new set um, oh shit by the way we didn't renumber so it's it's legacy numbering. We're going to go we're gonna <laughs> stick with what we've had and just keep going from there. But how do you expect new people to jump on if you're not constantly making it a new number one? Sam? I think that the way we do that is just by making consistently good content. <laughs> and, you know, with, with good uh, resonant storytelling, anyone can jump on at any time and get something out of it. Yeah. As Stan Lee said, every comic is someone's first. That is, that's been our approach on this channel and with comics in general for forever. So yeah, I can't argue with that. I wish that Marvel would get back into it. 
Yeah, where they actually take the dude's advice. Yeah, thanks a lot for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Oh.